Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, here's Mike Heller. It is the new head coach day for the Green Bay Packers. It becomes officially official today at 3 o'clock. There are three microphones set up in the auditorium at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. It will be Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and the 15th full-time hired head coach for the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur. That happens in just over one hour from now. We'll carry it here for you live and have all of the reaction. In advance of that, we'll learn a little bit more about Matt LaFleur, the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers, when we visit with Rhett Bryan, Titans radio game day host uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. He'll join us at 2.20 in this hour of the program. A little bit later on, as we do on Wednesdays, we'll visit with Jesse Temple, theathletic.com. That happens in the 4 o'clock hour. And then Jim Osarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online, from Green Bay. He'll join us at 5.20 today as we take you through uh, this, the 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 newest... Run for the Green Bay Packers. The next era, this chapter, begins officially today with the hiring, becoming official of Matt LaFleur. And again, you know, there's no right and wrong view on this right now. It's just an early process. And everybody in our industry paid, especially nationally, to have strong opinions. Um, This is, I have a strong opinion on the hire. I think it's a good hire, but. That will prove itself out to be real or not real over the next three years. This is the direction the National Football League has gone. The Packers are, in some ways, copying what was done in Los Angeles with the Rams and copying what was done in Chicago with the Bears. A young, innovative, offensive-minded head coach with a veteran defensive coordinator. And by the way, the Packers got better today when Vic Fangio took the Denver Broncos job. So the Chicago Bears are in the hunt now for a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Greg Williams is available, who was in Cleveland and did a pretty darn good job there. But the Bears are going to have to adjust. That's good news for the Packers. But Green Bay is following that model that was put into play by Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams and then replayed in Chicago with Matt Nagy and Vic Fangio. It now takes its place in Green Bay. The difference is, in L.A. they had Jared Goff. In Chicago they had Mitch Trubisky. In Green Bay, you have Aaron Rodgers. That presents opportunity and a challenge. Because you've got a a veteran quarterback who, for the very first time in his NFL career, since his rookie year, will be learning an offense. Aaron Rodgers has never had to learn a new offense. This will be his first relearning. and, And that process will take a bit of time. And and how he buys in, and listen, I, I'm on record on this. Aaron Rodgers, I think, and Matt LaFleur, I believe, will get along famously. I, I think it'll be a great relationship. It should have issues. Good relationships 
have issues. There's a tug. There is, is there a power struggle? That's a negative term. But there's going to be a tug back and forth. Aaron wants. Aaron might say, hey, let's do this. No, this is trust the system. This is what we're going to do. And that will have to play itself out. Most of that will happen behind closed doors. We likely won't see that manifest itself publicly. But there will be some push and pull there. And how that is handled, how it works, how it plays out, will define the success of Matt LaFleur. And this is the last chapter in the Aaron Rodgers book. And all I really mean by that is if Aaron's got four to five years, the vast majority of that is going to be with Matt LaFleur, unless something crazy happens. So this is it. And Aaron knows that. He's a really smart guy. He knows that. He's a great quarterback. The coach knows that. Now the two are, are going to work together and try and get Green Bay to do something that they have never done in franchise history. And that is under a new head coach in the first year, the Packers have never made the playoffs. And that will get to our Twitter poll question here in just a couple of minutes. I'm Mike Heller. Today in Milwaukee, John Audius is not. Hi, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? This will be fun. What is up? This will be huh? fun. What do you think we're going to learn from the press conference today? That's what I'm wondering. I think we'll learn what we learn in all press conferences. Very little. Yeah. I, I think the too. most interesting thing, and I was just talking about this with uh, Dario and Bob and Armin, is that I, I think the most interesting thing here is to listen to Matt LaFleur from how he handles himself, his choice in words, his delivery, his strength, and being comfortable in that setting. How does he handle the media? Some coaches, I mean, is this going to be a coach that is a difficult press conference? Or are, or is the, the media that will assemble today, which will be huge in the auditorium at Lambeau, um, will they look forward to pressers? Nobody looked forward to press conferences with Ted Thompson. I, I think with Mike McCarthy, it was marginal. They knew he wasn't going to give them anything, and he was going to be gruff, and he did that for a reason. Um, Bill Belichick, nobody looks forward to that press conference. I'll take it back to Bo Ryan in his time at Wisconsin. I didn't look forward to I don't think many people looked forward to those press conferences until he got to the NCAA tournament and wanted to go back into story time. And then nobody from the local media cared because we heard all those stories before. We heard them all before, but I, that's what I'm curious yeah. about with Matt LaFleur is how he handles this. As I mentioned off the top, there are three microphones set up. It is uh, Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, and Matt LaFleur. But uh, um, you know, I think that they'll all field their fair share of questions. But I'm interested in how Lafleur sounds, you know, how how he handles the interview situation, how he handles the press conference situation. I think Gutekunst is great. I think I think it's very conversational. I think it's really good. Uh, Murphy's more um, a little bit stiffer, and I'm interested to see how Lafleur is. I think he'll find or sound fine, right? Because it's. He's not of going he to. Yeah, yeah, he's going to sound great. Actually, uh, it's kind of like a, a first date, right? Like you may not get that. It's not like week seven when the Packers are three and four, and then you talk to Matt Lafleur or something like that. You know, it's going to be a different attitude. It's it's fun. It's the first time you're meeting him. He's going to be great. Everybody's going to be buddy buddy. Yeah. Um, so there's a honeymoon period that yeah. begins today. I mean, this is the this is the day of the wedding or the day after the wedding. I mean, there's a honeymoon period here that will take us all the way through the. The first week of training camp. Here's the question. Then that wears off. Yeah, here's the question I want to ask. And I'd ask Goody and um, the other guy, Mark Murphy. I would ask, what role did Aaron Rodgers have? And did he meet LaFleur before LaFleur was hired? 
right? I kind of I don't know how much information they're going to give up, but I'd like to get a little bit of an idea or timeline on Aaron Rodgers' involvement in this. And then obviously the things like we talked about with Don Banks yesterday, who Banks said he'd be shocked basically if Lafleur doesn't call plays. Like, what's the plan with play calling? Will you have an offensive coordinator, but you'll be the one calling the plays? Those are just kind of a couple of things I hope we get answered here in the next uh, 50 minutes. Yeah, so we'll find out. Uh, we'll take you to that presser when it uh, when it goes live. That is scheduled for 3 o'clock, but we'll walk you into that process as uh, as we get underway. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. 877-729-1070. When we get back to phone calls after 2.30, when we come back, Rhett Bryan, Titans Radio Game Day host. We'll talk to him about Matt LaFleur, who will be introduced as the Green Bay Packers' 15th full-time head coach, coming up in about 48 minutes. Rhett Bryan, Titans Radio Game Day host, he'll join us when we come back. You're listening statewide to The Mike Heller Show. Back in with you, leading up and ramping up to the Green Bay Packers introductory press conference for their 15th full-time head coach. That is Matt LaFleur. That will happen, and you'll hear it right here in 42 minutes. That's the scheduled start time, 3 o'clock at the Auditorium Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Want to learn a little bit more about Matt LaFleur as we inch closer to the introductory press conference? We welcome in Rhett Bryan, Titans Radio Game Day host, joining us I assume from Nashville, Rhett. How are you? I'm great, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Now I'm 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 curious. A lot of people are going to find out here in in 40 minutes time what the the Packers front office already knows, and that is we're gonna we're gonna get our first real taste of Matt Lafleur. What will the fans and the media that will assemble at Lambeau Field in the auditorium in Green Bay? What are they going to learn uh, when they get a chance to to grill and talk to and learn about Matt Lafleur? Well, they're going to learn that he is a smart, uh, well-spoken guy. He probably he probably will have uh, uh, some nerves in this because, after all, he is now the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, for heaven's sake. And uh, so I'm sure he'll have a butterfly or two. But he's a smart young man, uh, knows what he wants, knows what he wants to do. And I'll tell you this, uh, the Packers obviously were blown away with his presentation in the interview because that's exactly what happened to the Tennessee Titans this time almost a year ago, because people forget in this whole thing, he was one of three candidates that the Titans interviewed to be the next head coach after they let go of Mike Malarkey following their postseason run. And Steve Wilkes was one of those. He was a one-and-done with Arizona. Uh, the other was Mike Grable. Well, they liked Mike Grable, and they said, look, Mike, you need to talk to this guy named Matt LaFleur. They did not know each other. They said, you need to consider him when you're talking about the, uh, the offensive part of this. And they hit it off, and certainly that was the case uh, with with bringing him on board. And he blew them away with their ability to his ability to talk about the quarterback platform and what he would do there. Now he'd worked with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, Kirk Cousins in Washington, Jared Goff with the Rams, but he, this was his first chance to call plays of the offensive plays because we all know that Sean McMahon did that in 2017 and and forward with the L.A. Rams. Uh, although the numbers do not show it with the Titans, uh, Marcus Mariota in, in his personal performance had career highs in completion percentage, uh, touchdowns, interceptions, there's uh, percentages, those things. There's three or four things that he had career highs in, even though he did not have a great year number-wise and that the offense overall didn't. But that is considering what they went through 
in uh, a lot of key injured players throughout the season. He really can put together an offensive game plan when he has to piecemeal. He doesn't really have to do that now because the Packers have a lot of pieces in place, and it starts with their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, as you guys well know. Well, his presence, uh, Matt LaFleur is is who I'm talking about. His presence, did you sense that he was fast-tracked? We were talking um, yesterday uh, to Dave McGinnis, who's on the broadcast team there, and uh, Dave had the sense that, yeah, Matt LaFleur was was on the fast track to being an NFL head coach because he's just that smart. He has that impression. He, he makes that impression on others. Did you have that same sense? Absolutely. Now, let me say this. Uh, we are pretty surprised, as all of you are, that he's the head coach of the Packers this quick because of the way the Titans' offensive number and season uh, went in 2018. We thought after that happened – where they missed the playoffs by uh, a, a win uh, that they needed in Week 17 over the Colts, and that didn't happen. We thought we would have him for another year, and he would be out the door as a head <clears throat> head coach in 2020. But knowing that this is the trend in the NFL, and it started, I guess, with Sean McVay two years ago, young offensive mind, you know, there's always that chance that he is one and done, and certainly that's the case as we sit here now. I, I thought if, if the Titans, and in particular Marcus Mariota, had a really, really good year, he would be definitely be gone to somewhere else as we speak now. Uh, but the fact that, that those numbers didn't show up, it is a bit of a surprise. So what, what, I, I'm going to circle back to this, because that's what the negative side of this from Green Bay Packers fans, and there isn't a whole lot of negative, but the negative side, those and the national talkers, just can't get by last year's numbers with the Tennessee Titans statistically and from a scoring standpoint. So why weren't the numbers better as it relates to Matt LaFleur's role in the offense? Well, I'll say this, um, and it's something that happens to a lot of clubs. They get key injuries to uh, key players, and it started in week one. The, The Titans traveled to Miami to play the Dolphins in week one. It was the longest game in NFL history. There were two different two-plus-hour lightning delays. I think the game was seven hours, eight minutes long. And during that stretch of that game, they lost their best offensive playmaker in Delaney Walker, the tight end. He was a lot of this offense that Matt LaFleur had sculpted and built around because he can do so many different things. Well, he goes out with a broken leg and is lost on injured reserve for the year. Marcus Mariota takes a bump and he messes up his elbow and so he's had this thing with the ulnar nerve and, and tingling in his throwing hand for the basically the whole season. Taylor Lewan gets hit on a, a nasty hit by one of the defenders and is concussed. He is out for the game. And keep in mind you do not have Jack Conklin, your right starting right tackle back from injured reserve from an injury he had in the playoffs and a loss to uh, the New England Patriots with an ACL. So flash forward to week two in the NFL in Nashville We're hosting a home game against our division rival in the Houston Texans. Keep in mind, he has no Marcus Mariota, no starting quarterback, no tight end to Delaney Walker, which, again, a bunch of this offense was patterned around. Neither one of his tackles. Your third tackle, Dennis Kelly, who's supposed to come in and spell them, has some mysterious illness. He is down for several weeks. So you're at tackles four and five, and you don't have all of these players. And flash forward to week three of the NFL, the leading wide receiver on this team, Rashard Matthews, just quits the team and says he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. So what does Matt LaFleur do after they lose to Miami? He goes back to his office at St. Thomas Sports Park here in Nashville. He locks the door, and he comes up with a game plan. What do they do against the Texans? They run the wildcat with, with Derrick Henry, for heaven's sake. 
uh, all kinds of crazy plays, had some nice drives in there. They did it with Blaine Gabbert. They did it with guys that weren't even supposed to be out there, and they beat the Texans three enough, uh, by a three-point margin in week two, a valuable division win. Now, you know, he had ebbs and flows with this kind of stuff all season long. And you talk about, you know, the, the Packers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. They have two backs and try to figure out who's what, you know, in that thing. He's gone through the same thing here in Tennessee as they brought in Deion Lewis the, from the New England Patriots. We thought he was going to be the featured back because he could do so many things out of the backfield. He had some nice showings early, and then those carries started to taper as Derrick Henry's game started to build. So he's had to shuffle those things around as well. He has piecemealed some things together. But there's some film you need to watch and how things are working well, and that's in Week 10 when the Titans here in Nashville beat the doors off of the New England Patriots 34-10. I mean, dominated them for four quarters. Yeah, I think I think a lot of Packers fans are excited about the opportunity and possibility. And the first thing we'll learn, the, I mean, the honeymoon will continue until about September the 8th or beyond <laughs> when, when a game matters, right? But until then, there will be a honeymoon and people are excited. It's the first time in 13 years that there has been a head coaching change in Green Bay. Rhett, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for the insight. And uh, we'll look forward to being introduced to Matt LaFleur here in about 35 minutes or so. It's a big day for you guys and a big day for him, and uh, thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Thanks, Rhett. Rhett, uh, Brian, Titans Radio Game Day host, joining us on the Mike Heller Show. I think that, you know, as we kind of cut to the chase, yesterday we talked with um, we talked with Dave McGinnis in Nashville. He's also on the Tennessee Titans broadcast team. Uh, we talked with uh, the beat writer for the L.A. Rams uh, for the L.A. Times. And today we're going to actually – listen to Matt LaFleur. And, John, you asked out of the gate here, what am I most interested in? Probably just to hear him. Uh, I still think, like all coaches, there's going to be coach speak today. That's what they do. So that's what I expect. I don't expect to learn a ton more from Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. I think one of the questions that will be asked and answered is, is was Aaron Rodgers involved in any way, shape, or form? And 
You know, I think this is a great question. Has Matt LaFleur talked yet to Aaron Rodgers? Did he talk to him before he took the job? Those were the questions we asked when McCarthy was let go. What would Rodgers' role be in it? Would Rodgers have a conversation with the coach before the announcement was made or before the official offer was signed? Would he talk to him after? Would he talk to him after the press conference? So I think we'll get that asked and answered in 35 minutes of what Aaron Rodgers' role, if any, was in the process and if they've talked. Yeah, that's what I said last segment. That's the number one thing I want to know, and I'm not sure how much of an answer or exactly how the questions will be phrased, which will result in the good or bad answer. I I trust the reporters in Green Bay, but yeah, that's definitely one thing. Uh, I I think, remember the tone of the McCarthy firing? So a lot of the questions were about Rodgers, but a lot more were about the power Structure. structure. I'm not sure if that'll be more of a topic of conversation because you already have the selection, so maybe some questions yeah, on how you got to the selection. And then real quick, lastly, offensive coordinator. Will Joe Philbin be retained? What's the plan there? I doubt it, but I'm sure there might be some inquiry there about exactly how that's going to work. And there may be an answer. Uh, there may be some answers because I know that um, Cliff Kingsbury is answering those questions in Arizona. Uh, I, I think one of the basic questions for Matt LaFleur, will you be the offensive play caller? I think the yeah. answer to that we we assume is yes, but that will be asked and answered. But he may answer some questions about the staff. Mike Pettin, that's not official, I don't believe. That may become official. But also the question that prior to that that you're talking about is I'm sure that it will be pressed on Gutekunst and Murphy in making the decision collaboratively uh, by Murphy and then approved by Gutekunst? Was it uh, they were of the same exact, you know, that question will be pressed as as the press conference goes on this afternoon. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. I don't mind jumping out of this conversation for a bit because after 3 o'clock we will spend the vast majority of our time in on the Green Bay Packers. But I just saw this come down from Caesars Palace, Caesars Entertainment, about Major League Baseball. And a prop number for the 2019 Major League Baseball season that, for me, is just crazy. Just crazy. Are you going to make me wait, or are you going to tell me? What's going on? And I'm going to tell you when we come back. Oh, come on. All right, we're leading up to the Packers' press conference to introduce Matt LaFleur. It happens at 3 o'clock. We will carry it live right here. But I'm going to share with you this number that I look at and go, what in the world from Caesars Palace? on the Major League Baseball season, and your Milwaukee Brewers. I'll share that with you when we come back. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. Okay. All right, so I did post a Twitter (laughs) poll question in regards to the Green Bay Packers, and I asked this before they had a new head coach, and now I've asked that they officially have Matt LaFleur on the job. Will he do something that no other Green Bay Packers first-year head coach has ever done? And that's lead his team to the playoffs. Never happened in Green Bay. Not with a first-year head coach ever. 70% of you early on say yes. Immediate impact and back to the playoffs. The other 30% say no, not enough talent yet. So that that's out there. But there is this, John. This. Caesars Palace. I am willing to bet you... 100, that's two years of one pizza a week from Ian's Pizza. I will take the over on the Caesars Palace 
win total for the Brewers that they list over under at 83 and a half. 83 and a half. I'll take the over and I will bet you two years of Ian's pizzas, one a week for two years. It's 104 pizzas. No, I wouldn't take Why that not? bet if you were just making a normal Ian's pizza bet. I think they'll go so over. So you won't take that? No, they'd go over 83 and a half. What'd they win last year? 95 or 96. Well, if you count the 163, I, want, I think 95. they won 96 times. Oh, yeah, 90. if you count 163. So 95. Yeah, you count. You, they, uh, that game counted and everything in all other standpoints. Yeah. Uh, I think that seems pretty low. So they're actually counting on the Brewers to fall <laughs> quite a bit. They're talking about a team to drop off 12 wins. They want they're the, saying that they're not going to get 84. That's a that's a precipitous drop. They think, For what reason? They think they're going to be basically what the Pirates. They'll finish fourth in the in the division. Last year, the Pirates won 82 games. That's who they think they yeah. are. Yep, that's kind of weird. Caesars, go take that. The Brewers. Back. The Brewers have the most wins of any team in the National League. The oh. most wins of any team in the National League. And only three teams in baseball had more wins overall. The Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros. And they're saying that the Brewers will drop to 83. Well, they're not predicting. That's the number that they're looking to get action at. 83 and a half wins. That's the Brewers over under number. And I guess what I don't get, and I understand how Vegas works, they're trying to get action. I mean, they, they set numbers. I mean, it's not, it, they're set with a great deal of research. And there certainly can be a market correction, for lack of a better term, in Milwaukee that they might not win 96 times. I get that. But I'm wondering why it wouldn't be 88 and a half or 87 and a half. I was just going 83 to and a half that. seems awfully low. So essentially they're saying this is a team that we're betting won't be two games over 500. Is two games over five hundred is eighty three wins. They won't be three games over five hundred. It seems That's crazy to me. Yeah, it does. I mean, maybe they look at it. Even if they looked at it as if okay, they went on this crazy run at the end of the season to get to ninety six wins to force a, an extra game to get to ninety six wins, right? And that's not likely to happen again. They had like eighty eight wins. They were with, always with on like pace for yeah, yeah. They well, were always 90. on on pace for eighty eight to eighty nine wins. Yeah, I think and then got very and hot. Eighty seven and a half would have been a better number. But hey, Mike, here's what you do. Did you know anybody headed to Vegas? Um, Tell him to go. Oh, if you're so con- if you are Mikey Baseball and you are so confident, there has to be someone listening and or someone you know or someone in this building that is going to be going to Vegas that could stop by Caesars. And if you are so confident, Mike, put your money where your mouth is. I already put a hundred Ian's pizzas on the line. <laughs> but I agree with you. I wouldn't want to. How about this? If I would put fifty on it. For sure. If fifty you, pizzas? No, fifty bucks. If we could find somebody to, to put some money on that for us. That's lame, John. Is this even I mean, legal this to talk a... about, by the way? I don't even no, know. No, of course rules. not. Oh. This is, no, we're betting pizzas. Oh, I meant fifty pizzas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. People say toothpicks or oranges or whatever. I, I don't know what what the FCC says on this, but there isn't the FCC a part of the government shutdown right now. Uh, so can we? Can, are, do we have free? Do we have free reign in what we can say and do on the radio right now? Isn't the FCC uh, in shutdown mode because of the the government shutdown? 
I mean, you can turn off the delay, John. Let's just have a let's just do a podcast. Yeah, we'll do, we'll essentially do a, you know a podcast where all language is is free game. The vodcast with the vodka. Yeah, yeah. right. Do that. Because the FCC is not paying attention; they're in government shutdown mode. All right. Well, there you go. You um, you start. I'll follow your lead. What the? F- hey, hey! You didn't Caesar's say it, though. Thinking. No, never, never. Oh, I've heard you away from the station. Don't say never about that. Listen, um, never on the I air. would, I would, I would take, I would take a paycheck. I wouldn't tell Kari, but I would take a paycheck. Actually, I would tell Kari, and I wouldn't bet a paycheck because that would be irresponsible. And you don't get it. I mean, you got to put the money out there. I mean, you're giving you're giving away your paycheck. You get it. I mean, you've got to put the money down in a bet, right? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a bet on the over, if, let's say you're gonna bet a thousand dollars, you've got to give them the thousand dollars. How much would you win? How's that work? You would win um, nine hundred and fifty dollars because they get the sauce. Whatever that is, Stop they get the juice. Like you know what's going no, on. No, but I mean, they get a take. That's that's how Vegas makes their money anyway. Yeah, is that they get? I mean, you don't. If you bet a hundred and you win the bet, you don't get a hundred back. You right. get ninety five back. Ask Pat. Pat lives yeah, I was in Vegas. Say, where's Pat at the time? Where's worst? But I would Pat? take the over. Listen, there could be a market correction. The Brewers could have. I mean, they're, what they're betting on is that small market teams don't typically. Arrive and stay there. That there is a correction, but eighty three and a half seems to me. And there's no, there's been no departure of significance. Mustakis probably it's not done yet. Gone. Santana he wasn't in the lineup. Gone. Broxton wasn't in the lineup. Gone. They bring back their everyday outfielders. Um, they add Jimmy Nelson to a pitching staff. I want to make that bet now, John. I want to make that bet now. Because when they add Mad Madison Bumgarner, yeah, yeah, then the number is going to go up. Exactly, it'll go up to eighty six and a half. Exactly, and that's then, what I'm and saying. Then, Do this now. Yeah, go ahead and and tell Pat I want to put a thousand bananas on on the the Brewers over eighty three and a half. Kurt just tweets in at John Audius Radio and at Heller Sports. He says I'll take care of that trip to Caesars for you guys. Wait, is he expecting us to send him? To go do this for us? I think that's what he wants. Oh. He, he wants you to go, us to take care of him for that. Um, Eric said, I'm going to Vegas in February, just saying. Um, I think that number will be up by then. Hmm. Yeah. Chris said, 84 wins is 6 over 500. Yeah, I get that. 2 over 500 is 83 wins. So 4 over 500 is 80. Isn't 4 over 500? 84? No, it's 6 over. Yeah. Yeah, John, I, don't yeah. try and do math live on the air. It never works well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I trust you. Yeah, it was on me. Um, so, yeah, I would. I don't have a thousand bananas to give to Pat Heffling today. Was I not supposed to say his last name? But Pat, you know, is a regular, I mean, it's a frequent Vegas flyer. But I would throw a thousand bananas at that. Seriously, they're not going to win 84 times? What's the number that you... That would be a hugely disappointing season, wouldn't it, if the Brewers didn't win 84 times? My goodness. Yeah, absolutely it would be. What is the number that you wouldn't take the over? I guess maybe what's the... Or or what is the the right number? Well, I think the right number is closer to 87.5, 88.5, right in, in the high 80s. And optimistically, I'd probably take the over, but that would make me nervous. 
That that would be a nervous year the whole year to take the over of eighty eight and a half. But eighty three and a half, I just I don't see that. You you know once the Brewers got to be you know at any point they're twelve or fourteen games over five hundred in July or August, you're feeling safe on the eighty three and a half over bet. But if it's eighty eight and a half, you're still not feeling safe on that. I mean, 90 wins is a tough win total to get to. And that's what you're kind of living at when they say 88 and a half. You're, I mean, 89 and 90 wins, that's a tough number to get to. You've got to be an awfully good team for most of the year to get to 90 wins. But 84 wins? Mm. The Pirates won 82 times last year. So I would, uh, I, I would, I don't have a thousand bananas uh, in my uh, uh, wallet right now. By the way, is yours a wallet or a billfold? Money clip. I gave you two choices. You can't go off the board. Say, on I this. don't have a wallet. I'd say wallet. Um, but thank you. Money That's clip. what I that that was my question. Okay, wallet is the correct. Term. All right. Not well, I mean they're fold. both correct, but I think most I mean people... two people do have billfolds. My dad has a billfold. Yeah, it sounds like a really old school term. A billfold. Yeah, it's, it's that thing that you know there. folds in half. It folds your bills. Yeah, your bills are folded when you're in when they're in that. But you don't use either. You don't use. A wallet or a billfold, you use a money clip. Yeah, because I have a Costanza wallet. I don't know what that is. It's uh, a wallet stacked full of crap, papers and receipts and cards and not much money. And and it just gets so thick that you can barely. And then if you put it in your back pocket and sit down, you're going to throw your back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out. Because you're at an angle all the time sitting. Oh, yeah, I don't have one of those. Yeah, it's too much. I got I got one of those little, um, it is a, a billfold. I mean, it does fold, but it's got a money clip on half, so the money is folded just in the clip, not in the actual fold of the the thing, you know? Right. Whatever, you don't care. Nope. Nobody no, cares nobody about cares. that. Matt LaFleur, the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be introduced in about 12 minutes, 13 minutes from now, and we will carry that live. By the way, the... Denver Broncos have Gary Kubiak as their next offensive coordinator and Vic Fangio as their head coach. So you see what's happening here, John. The Rams with Wade Phillips. He's their defensive head coach. Sean McVay's the head coach who's also in charge of the offense. In uh, in Green Bay now, as it was in, in Chicago a year ago. Matt Nagy is their head coach and in charge of the offense. And Vic Fangio was in charge of the defense. Now they're going to have a new defensive head coach. The Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur is the head coach and in charge of the offense. Mike Pettin is the defensive coordinator, in other words, the defensive head coach. This is what you're seeing. Gary Kubiak's going to run the offense in Denver. Vic Fangio is the head coach, but he is going to run the defense and he's going to trust that Gary Kubiak will run the offense. The buck still stops on his desk, on Vic Fangio's desk, but Kubiak has full autonomy on the offense. Like Pettin will on the defense in Green Bay. Like Phillips does on the defense in Los Angeles. Like Fangio did on the defense in Chicago. That is the wave. 
That is what the National Football League does. It is what they're doing in Green Bay. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's worth being excited about. Will it be enough to immediately put Green Bay right back in the playoffs? Now, I would lean to yes. But the biggest question there is not about Lafleur, not in my opinion. The biggest question there is about Brian Gutekunst and what type of an offseason he will have. This is a critically huge offseason from a personnel standpoint in Green Bay. Now, I thought the Bucks had that kind of a year. Critical in the offseason, but not player personnel. That was a head coach hire. And I think that John Horst had a tremendous offseason. For the Bucks, but they weren't names. I mean, it, n- nobody wowed you. Brooke Lopez has been ridiculous, but he didn't wow you when they signed. Ersan Ilyasova has been good when he's been healthy, but it didn't wow you. Pat Connaughton's been great, but it didn't wow you. Dante DiVincenzo hasn't been on the court a ton. That's been a Budenholzer deal. This, I think that Matt LaFleur is going to be really good, but this offseason is a ton about Brian Gutekunst. And that begins now. I mean, the, the, the fiscal new year for the National Football League is the first week of March. But today it all begins. And we'll take you live to Green Bay and the introductory press conference of Matt LaFleur when we come back statewide. And on 97.3 The Game, you're listening to The Mike Heller Show. This is The Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. So we welcome you in on the Mike Heller Show on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the auditorium at Lambeau Field in Green Bay is packed. It is the initial introductory press conference today for Matt LaFleur, the 15th full-time head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFleur is one of Sean McVay's initial moves after he was hired with the Los Angeles Rams was to go get Matt LaFleur as his offensive coordinator but a not-play-calling offensive coordinator. The two became close friends, worked together on Mike Shanahan's coaching staff in Washington, McVay overseeing tight ends, Lafleur coaching the quarterbacks from 2010 to 2013, then reunited in Los Angeles after Matt Lafleur spent two years in Atlanta as the quarterback's coach with then an MVP in Matt Ryan. Lafleur needed only one year to overhaul the Rams' offense. They were number one in the National Football League in scoring in the 2017 season, that was the year that Lafleur was the offensive coordinator, understanding that Sean McVay was the play caller and the true architect of what they were doing offensively. But Lafleur was part and parcel to that. Then Matt Lafleur left a year ago and went to the Tennessee Titans. So McVay allowing Lafleur to pursue the job in Tennessee, but not the offensive coordinator job originally. Matt Lafleur interviewed. For the head coaching position a year ago in Tennessee, when he didn't get it, he did then interview as the offensive coordinator and took that job in Tennessee. Statistics will tell you they did not have a good offensive year. The circumstances would tell you the personnel and injuries and many other things contributed to that. Statistics can be shaped however you'd like them to be shaped. In most cases, statistics you can bend to fit what you want them to fit. So 
He's coached MVP quarterback before with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He coached the uh, the NFL's top scoring offense as the OC two years ago with the Los Angeles Rams. He's been highly regarded in NFL circles, and he takes over now as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he does so at 39 years old. He's got a four-year contract with a fifth-year option. So, and he, and this started a while ago. I mean, he coached RG three, and RG three in his rookie season at Washington. We all kind of remember that was that was RG three's big year, the one he had, and that was under Matt Lafleur. And there are Midwest ties. A native of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, Lafleur played receiver for two years at Western Michigan before transferring to play quarterback at Saginaw Valley State in 2000, and that's where he cut his teeth in the coaching ranks, was in the upper Midwest. Went to Ohio at a small school there for a little time, and most recently, obviously, just a one-year stint in Tennessee. He's now coming to the Green Bay Packers. We welcome you aboard. We'll take you live to Green Bay in a moment as they uh, as they get ready to get this introductory press conference of the 15th head coach in Green Bay Packers history with Matt LaFleur. It is... Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, and Matt LaFleur at the microphone in the auditorium, Lambeau Field, Green Bay. I will hold as they get set uh, in Green Bay. I thought they were going to begin right as we heard the microphones turn on, but uh, we'll hold here for just a second. As the uh, Green Bay Packers, there are three microphones, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and Matt LaFleur. Those are the three who will walk onto the stage here in a moment, uh, flanked by the Packers background there with 100 seasons and two Green Bay Packers helmets. All right, so that is is Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers' 15th full-time head coach, introduced at a press conference that uh, continues for one more question. Uh, took about 40 minutes, a fair amount of time spent with Mark Murphy explaining the process. Uh, Matt LaFleur is the new head coach. We'll come back and react to those comments that we've just heard. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. You're listening on 97.3 The Game and statewide to The Mike Heller Show. I think Matt sensed that the interview went well, and at the end of the interview, he said, Mark, what's your time frame? And I gave him some bull****, excuse me. Well, you know, I believe in higher slowly. (laughs) We're going to move forward with all deliberate speed. And uh, so I said, "We'll, yeah, we'll get back to you." And then when they left, it, we were, that's when we started saying, "We, I liked him. Do you like him? We all liked him." But uh, so it was the very next day. That's Packers President Mark Murphy. The press conference just wrapping up moments ago, and the auditorium at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Mark Murphy didn't do anybody any favors with live television throughout the state and live radio throughout the state. Uh, in dropping a BS bomb in the middle of it. But nonetheless, uh, it is the 15th head coach in Packers history. I think that the strongest takeaways, um, one, that he hasn't had a chance to visit with Mike Pettin yet, although it's been widely reported that Pettin would continue on as the defensive coordinator when asked that question directly, uh, is that he hasn't sat down with him and he will do so very shortly. Also, that he did talk with Aaron Rodgers before the job, it appears, was officially offered 
to Matt LaFleur is that there was a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers was part of the leadership council that was meeting on a regular basis in the process that was about five weeks in length to uh, to hire a new head coach. But yes, um, Matt LaFleur briefly talked with Aaron Rodgers and uh, and and Aaron reached out. That was through the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm sure that uh, how that worked then is Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy said, "Hey, we're really impressed. Think we're going to offer here. We'd like for you to talk to him." And they talked, and I'm sure they got the thumbs up and went ahead and offered uh, Matt Lafleur when they woke up on Monday morning. They reconvened in Green Bay. Russ Ball, Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, and the council or the the committee, and uh, they went ahead and offered. Uh, Matt LaFleur the job and his wife almost got in a car accident when they did that and now Matt LaFleur is the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers I didn't think anything else in the presser stood out with the exception maybe this and this could be a negative is it Mark Murphy really likes a press conference (laughs) he talked a lot he he had uh he was paid if he's paid by the words he had the um the lowest Word per dollar count because he had a lot of words and uh, and he 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 had most of the time talking and that presser was spent with uh, Mark Murphy. You talked like thirteen minutes out of the gate before it even got to Brian Gutekunst for about a minute and then on to uh, Matt Lafleur. So um, so that's that that wraps that and now we'll get a chance to react and uh, I think that the uh, the the impression of Matt Lafleur is very good. I think he he did a very good job in that press conference. He is young, and I think you can see that and hear it. And we'll talk more about it as we continue. A couple hours in the books. Two more yet to come on this special edition of The Mike Heller Show. This is The Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller. All right, so officially official, the Green Bay Packers now have a new head coach. His name is Matt LaFleur. One of the things that we didn't learn in today's press conference is the makeup of his coaching staff. When he was asked directly about Mike Pettin, he says that he hadn't had a conversation with Mike Pettin yet. That will happen very shortly. Emphasis on the very. So although the reports are out there that Mike Pettin is absolutely staying on, that was not confirmed. Uh, nor was it denied. I would expect that he is. But we we got no further information on the makeup of the staff that Matt LaFleur has, which is not unusual. I mean, he actually likely signed the contract to be the Packers' 15th head coach last night. You know, they had the news stations camped out of the airport that showed him walking from the airplane. And then the others camped out at Lambeau Field that showed him getting out of the SUV and walking the 20 steps with his wife and son uh, to the entrance of Lambeau Field. Uh, both were seven-second clips or less. Um, so you know that when he arrived last night, that that's when the contract was signed because that that is when the Packers put out their press release at about 9 o'clock last night about today's 3 p.m. introductory press conference. So we welcome you aboard. I think the greatest takeaway 
is is that we don't know the staff makeup. Um, number two is in regards to Aaron Rodgers, and we'll get to that. And then number three, I think just the overall impressions of really for the first time hearing Matt Lafleur speak, especially in front of the media and to the the press, a room filled with media and talking as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. All of that uh, we jump into here in a moment. I'm Mike Keller. We welcome you aboard on this special edition of the Mike Keller Show. John Audius is with me as well. Hello, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? That was quite the press conference. Mark Murphy hijacked it for the first 13 minutes. I did notice that. He did, and then he did uh, none of the live TV or live radio any favor by uh, throwing a BS bomb in the middle of it. I'm pretty sure it was a funny moment, but it was it's live TV and radio, and that um, yeah, I I think we're oversensitive. And and like I said earlier, the FCC is part of the government shutdown, so I think we're safe. I'm pretty sure that didn't get by for those listening here on this show. I mean, I did all the correct things, unless someone's going to call in or oh, did you eliminate that? Oh yeah. Yeah, so oh. people listening here were oh. they had no idea what happened. Yeah. Yeah. How overprotective, John. Overprotective. How dare you? The FCC Stop is in a government the shutdown. Come on. Like, okay, so people have not heard BS before. That's not the point. You know that's not the point. Well, I think the FCC, which is, you know, are they on aren't they honestly, aren't they on furlough? I have no. With idea. this whole deal? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I'm just... with you. Like I wouldn't give a blank <laughs> hey I heard that. what are you doing i'm just saying like if i heard that i'd laugh and i wouldn't it's always intrigued me about the people who get upset about swear words like uh-oh i'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that that station knows that you can't say that word yeah I mean, who shoot, cares? It's, it's there's there's a lot of it that is uh just not it's just not part of the deal so uh, anymore so um I heard another one a couple of nights ago on well, on one of the network coverages. Maybe it was of the, in the national championship game, but I'm not certain. Probably. Um, you would sometimes hear it on the, uh, the... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Courtside mics. Like in a basketball game. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. They and and that, those are delayed too. In fact, you'll hear it go quiet mm-hmm. for like three or four seconds at a time. I don't know if you know on the Golden Globes. I'm sure that that was a big part of it because they're drinking. I'm so at glad that thing. Yeah, I'm so glad they protect us from those random s bombs at sporting events. I think it would have been great if <laughs> so uh, if if uh, if Gutekunst and Murphy and. Well, maybe Murphy was drinking since he threw a BS bomb in the middle of it. He was kind of right. goofy. Yeah, and and I, I don't mean I'm not trying to be critical or burn bridges, but I think we could have heard less from Mark Murphy today and more from Matt Lafleur. And what what it go? Total of 39 minutes. Shoot, the first 13 was Murphy setting the deal up. That's a long time to wait to hear from the new head coach. That is, I mean, he's the. They didn't need an opening act. He's he's the featured speaker there. Get to him. Uh, nonetheless, they've got they've got this. It's it's good to go. Uh, John, if you want, we can go to our big four at four, which is brought to you by Mayfield Sports Marketing. 
your source for athlete appearances, motivational speakers. You can learn more at www.mayfieldsportsmarketing.com. This is the Big Four at Four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. I know who needs a podcast on iHeartRadio. Mark Murphy. If you can just sit down and start talking for 13 oh, minutes at a press conference. You're, gonna, you're subscribing? Is I'm that what you're telling me? I'm just saying he has enough content, it seems, to just put out a daily couple-hour podcast, if that's how long he's talking. Um, all right, so one of the names you mentioned, defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. Will he be back with the pack? There are reports that, yes, he will be. This is what Matt LaFleur had to say. I have not had a, the opportunity to sit down with Mike. Um, I plan on doing that. Very shortly. Is this just a given that he's going to be back at the, and we'll move on? I think it is a given. I think you can trust the reports on that, that Mike Pettin will be continuing. Uh, Silverstein Spoon has had that out there. Uh, I, I think that most of those who cover the beat um, have just uh, kind of gone with that, that that was part and parcel to the process of hiring Matt LaFleur. So I have very little doubt that that will, um, will indeed be the case. Uh, Matt LaFleur just probably not getting ahead of the process, making sure that it plays out the way it's supposed to. Number three. So how much input did quarterback Aaron Rodgers have? Here is what Lafleur had to say. He said he did talk to the Packers he- or quarterback, said head coach. I did have the opportunity to talk to Aaron, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I cannot wait to you know, get to work with him. I think he's equally as excited, and um, yeah, there, there's a lot of work to be done in front of us, but... Uh, you know, just looking forward to that opportunity. He was a uh, Rogers that is was part of the leadership council that that met on the uh, new head coach and Lafleur was then asked, Mike, did he speak to Rogers before or after he accepted the job? And then Goody jumped in. Yeah, I, I briefly spoke to him prior to accepting the job, and that's kind of how I had an idea that maybe I was in the running for it. Okay, once uh, got to jump in here once <laughs> yeah Brian can once <laughs> once we kinda narrowed in that you know that Matt was our guy, um, you know, I had Aaron reach out to him. So I think he kind of had the input Rogers did that most of us expected. Yeah, and and reiterating there what what might have tailed off at the end is that Brian Gutekunst said once we had narrowed in that Matt LaFleur was the guy, we had Aaron reach out to him. That's one of these scenarios that we played out in advance of this situation is that once I think that we shared this. I think that this was our consensus on the show is that once the Packers had their guy, they would have Aaron and the guy talk just to make sure it was all good. And it sounds like that's exactly what they did. Once they had narrowed in, I think the Packers, uh, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, let Aaron Rodgers know, hey, we think we have our guy. We'd like to offer why don't you give him a call? You guys have a conversation. Let's visit on it after that, and then we'll make it official. And and it appears that that's exactly what happened. Number two. Uh, so what stood out the most to you overall at this press conference today, 39 minutes or so we held it? I, I think it's just the the delivery. I think the youth, you can see the – you can see he's a young guy, right? Uh, so you can see his youthful exuberance. I think he was patient. I think that he was direct. I think you get the passion that he has, the understanding that he has. He commanded the room. I didn't think he he was overly strong or soft. I think uh, he talked about all the right things. He brought his family with him, and he talked about how important his family is in the process. Um, And I, I just think the way he handled it. Now, what do you make of that? Listen, they're all, most of them are going to handle it awfully well. 
I mean, it's it's why he's in Green Bay now as the next head coach. I think Murphy and Gutekunst both said what the, one of the things they wanted to be careful of is to make sure that they had the best candidate, not the best interviewer. There's a difference. I think as you get later on in life and you've been through these processes, you you get the perception and understanding that some people will interview well, and you have to make sure that you don't confuse that with filling the job well. And there's no way to know it until you know it. So, you know, when, when Sean McVay was hired in Los Angeles, when Matt Nagy was hired in Chicago, um, and I'll give you the, you know, the, and I'm going to use air quotes, failures, when Adam Gase was hired in Miami, when Mark Tressman was hired in Chicago, uh, well before they, they get to the Matt Nagy situation, I think the opening press conferences are all winners. Everybody, most people are going to win that opening press conference. Uh, a few things stood out to me uh, about this. It was obviously we learned the, the input that Rodgers had and the timing of when he spoke to Lafleur and part of the leadership council that the Packers quarterback was on. I uh, learned about Mark Murphy loves to talk, also that he loves to drop um, swear words during live press conferences. And then one of the other things Murphy did talk about you know, we talked about the timing when Mike McCarthy got fired and Murphy, uh, here's a sound clip. Murphy said that that actually helped the whole process. Over that, that first month, uh, we met on a regular basis. Uh, we did all kinds of background uh, research on different candidates. Uh, we made calls. We vetted candidates. So we really, we had a, and we cast, and you'll see, obviously we cast a fairly large net, but, uh, you know, it was much lo- much larger than the 10 people we interviewed. Yeah, he's talking about, too, about the, the timeline of, of getting out there. And the last thing that stood out to me, Mike, is if you go to the Packers Twitter account uh, about an hour ago, they put, posted a photo of Lafleur at the press conference today, and it said, Green Bay Packers head coach, Matt Lafleur hashtag go pack go. And uh, as I scrolled down to read the comments, um, there are a lot of females who are happy that the Packers have found their new head coach. That's what I'll say. You can figure it out from there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a young, attractive head coach in the mold of uh, what we see with Sean McVay, what we see now with uh, uh, Kingsbury at, uh, at Arizona, um, Matt Nagy, I suppose, to a certain extent in Chicago. I got my hair cut this morning, and that was um, what uh, what they were saying in the, is that a salon, by the way, when you go get your hair cut? Is that, um, did you go to a salon? Yeah, I, I mean, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, I not, so. so, John, when I was at the salon this morning, yeah, did. that's what the ladies in there were talking about. Right. Attractive young Green Bay Packers head coach. That's all. I'm Go go read the Twitter comments, people. Go read the the first one is a gif of Joey from Friends saying, how you doing? From a girl yeah. named Kelly. Right. <laughs> Female Packer fan base increases by two hundred percent in twenty nineteen. Well, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's it's a bit of a of a move away from Mike McCarthy, right? <laughs> Bugs Bunny with hearts in his eyes, GIF. Who, who is that? What you're seeing? Yeah, hoping All for right. lots of sideline shots next fall, says Melissa. Yeah, let's let's focus Damn. in on between the white lines. Let's Ooh, talk about Alexis. what formations they're going to run. Are they running wildcat? Are they running a lot of motion? Are they throwing more to the tight end? No, let's go to the cutaways of the head coach. He's good looking. Number one. Oh, that's a drop. The Mike Heller Show. He's good looking. Um, Number one in our four at four, Mike. Your poll question. At Heller Sports, you ask about the impact. I haven't checked on this in a while. About the impact that uh, Coach LaFleur will have on the 2019 Packers. Yeah, because uh, no first-year head coach in the history of the Green Bay Packers has 
coached into the playoffs in year number one. So will Matt LaFleur and the Packers do something that no other coach has done in Green Bay, and that is lead his team to the playoffs in year one? 64% of you say yes, immediate impact. 36% stay with the trend. And the always trend is that a first-year head coach is not coached in the playoffs in that first year in Green Bay. So 36% are on that side of the ledger. What did you vote for on your own poll question, if you could vote? Um, I, I, I do think that, I think I bet you that the Packers won't be. You right? going to stay with that? Or are you going to? No, I mean, I, I think. You can change the, it I and just that, accept that you bet a different way on a Yeah, I, I, I'll, I could win the Ian's Pizza bet and win still by saying, I think that the Packers will be in the playoffs. And here's part, here's part of the reason why. I think Minnesota's regressed. I don't know where Detroit plays in this. And I think Chicago's got a, uh, I think Chicago's really good. I thought they could make the Super Bowl this year, but they're going to have a little bit of a battle now because Vic Fangio has left to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. The identity of the Chicago Bears, it's in personnel on defense, but the identity was designed, the architect of that is Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio, the Packers wanted him a year ago, and the Bears wouldn't let him. Fangio stayed in Chicago. This they couldn't prevent. Fangio leaves. That means a change is coming to the Bears' defense. It, still, the personnel is very good. I don't think it's great. It's very good. And they got a, a, Hicks is a tremendous interior defensive lineman, and we all know what Khalil Mack is. And I like Danny Trevathan, and I like the secondary. Don't love it. So, but there's a change in Chicago. Yes, I think the Green Bay is a playoff team next year. But trust me when I say this. If they're a playoff team next year, it will be in part because of what Matt LaFleur does, but I think that will be driven by what Brian Gutekunst does between now and the time they open the season on the second Sunday of September. Or would they open on a Thursday? Hmm? The NFL is kind of changing the way they roll forward. That's why I bring that up. The NFL is going to have a primetime Thursday night game, the primetime Sunday night game. The Super Bowl winner doesn't necessarily play on Thursday night. And it's the 100th year of the National Football League, which leads some to speculate that a Packers-Bears game, either on that Thursday night or just like this last year on Sunday night, would be part of the opening weekend of the National Football League and with a new head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Love to get your reaction. We'll do that a little bit later on. We're going to talk a little Badgers with Jesse Temple, theathletic.com. He will join us when we come back. We'll jump back into this Packers conversation, too. You're listening on 97.3 The Game and statewide to The Mike Heller Show. Okay, so this is kind of what we do a little bit. On a day like today, you know, I had somebody, uh, a couple of you on Twitter yesterday that were a little bit critical of the way we played through the, the last couple of days. A lot of focus on the Green Bay Packers. And the Bucks have a big game tonight. And Badger basketball has a big set coming up, including a Friday night home game against Purdue. It's also a pretty important name arriving on campus 
yet this week with Wisconsin football. We welcome in Jesse Temple of TheAthletic.com, who joins us on Wednesdays on the Mike Heller Show. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. When does uh, when does the Savior arrive on campus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure for an 18-year-old, but I assume by Savior you're referring to Graham Mertz, and that would be this weekend. So he's going to be here for the spring semester and getting acclimated and then starting uh, school a week afterward, and obviously spring practice is right around the corner. So I know a lot of Badgers fans are really intrigued and excited to see what he can do. And, and if there is an open quarterback competition and if he has a shot to – to move ahead of some guys and, and play as a freshman. We'll, we'll see, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Not as though the hype wasn't already big enough, but then um, Graham Mertz wins the MVP of the uh, high school All-American game, played last Saturday, five touchdown throws in the game, no interceptions, set a record for yardage in the game as well. And then, although it has nothing to do with Graham Mertz, Trevor Lawrence, a true freshman, is brilliant, ridiculously talented in Monday night's national championship game for Clemson. So that also creates a bit of a different view as we roll forward, doesn't it? Well, I think it shows that uh, young players at quarterback are capable of contributing right away. And we saw it the year before, Tua Tungavailoa comes off the bench and helps Alabama win a a national championship. Um, you know, these guys, it's, it's not quite like AAU basketball where they've pretty much seen everything, but, you know, Graham Mertz has been on a big stage for a long time. He's gotten a lot of offers. He's gone to a bunch of camps. He went to the All-American uh, Bowl Game Showcase last year, the Combine, and was deemed one of the best quarterbacks there. So, you know, he's as prepared as a quarterback can be, uh, but to learn the college system in a pro-style offense after he played in a shotgun spread, you know, I think that's going to take some time. So I know a lot of people are really optimistic and hopeful that he can do this right away. Uh, but I would just caution, you know, we're, we're talking about an 18-year-old kid who's just coming out of high school, and he certainly deserves some time to uh, to get acclimated. Absolutely. The, it, more big news where Wisconsin football is concerned. Joe Rudolph uh, interviewed for the Temple head coaching job. Apparently he was impressive. Give me Give our listeners a sense of what Joe Rudolph's um, impact is on this program. It would be a significant loss if he left. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, he's a Pennsylvania native, so Temple being in that state, uh, you know, would seem like a natural fit. I know Temple has interviewed some other other candidates, and we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But uh, he's he's a good coach. He's got a decade of coaching experience, and uh, right now, you know, sort of. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Paul Christ's right-hand man. And so, um, you know, I think it would be a big loss. He's the He's got the title of offensive coordinator, and he's also the O-line coach. You know, when I talk to uh, parents of recruits and recruits as well, they just rave about Joe's ability to, to communicate and teach players. I mean, even Logan Brown, who's the the first five-star player coming in here in 12 years. He really uh, was impressed with Joe Rudolph, and that was, frankly, one of the biggest reasons why he wanted to come to Wisconsin. I actually remember, I can't remember which uh, parent of a player it was, but this parent was telling me that uh, he was at a camp over the summer and he was watching Joe work with a player who clearly wasn't a Division One player, was just at some type of team camp, and Joe was literally on all fours on the ground 
moving this kid's feet to position him in a way that would help him succeed as an offensive lineman. And it just really impressed the parent and showed, uh, you know, Joe treats everybody with respect, even if you're a player who's not going to sniff playing for the Badgers. So I thought that was really telling of kind of the type of person he is behind the scenes that really resonates with people. If we shift gears into talking about Badger basketball home against Purdue coming up on, on Friday night, uh, we talked to Joe Krabenhoff on the show yesterday. Did they correct some of the correctables in the way they approached the game and obviously had a better game at Penn State uh, than the previous outing against Minnesota? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, I don't think there's going to be very many instances during the season where Wisconsin goes nine minutes and three seconds without making a shot, which is what happened against Minnesota. You know, obviously the Badgers had some execution issues down the stretch, turned the ball over on three state possessions. They did a much better job against Penn State. And, and granted, Penn State is not a very good team right now. They're 7-8 and eight and 0-4 oh and in the Big Ten. But I thought that was a really important bounce-back win for the Badgers after you lose uh, a game at home. So, you know, I think most fans, if you just said before the season that through 15 games, Wisconsin will be 11-4 and four overall and 3-1 and one in the Big Ten, I think a lot of people would have taken that. So even though there's been some rough waters here, a couple games with Western Kentucky and Minnesota, the Badgers, I think, are still in a pretty good spot as we get going into the heart of Big Ten play. Yeah, and, and this is a, a tough go. The, Maryland went in and beat Minnesota by 15 last night in the Twin Cities. The Badgers get Purdue and then Maryland and then Michigan in the next three What's to be gleaned from what we see in very tough competition over the next three games? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, Purdue doesn't have the record that that maybe you thought they would. They're sitting there at nine and six, but they've got Carson Edwards. They've got some good pieces. Um, and you mentioned Maryland right now is four and one of the Big Ten, so they're they're in third place. And of course, Michigan hasn't lost a game all season. Number two in the country. It's going to be a really interesting game to watch. So. There's really no easy uh, roads here in the Big Ten, and, and I think you can make the case that it's it's among the toughest conferences in the country. If you're just looking across the board, there's potentially 10 teams in this league that could make the NCAA tournament. So you know, I think if Wisconsin winds up in the top five this year in the league, that's a pretty uh, impressive accomplishment, particularly considering where they were at last year with all those injuries and finishing 15 and 18. So I think they're a team that's going to get back to the NCAA tournament, and of course once you get there, anything can happen. Yeah, and that, I, I suppose that's all part of, of where we are. You, you know, some people pay attention to college basketball when it gets to late February, but uh, where Wisconsin is concerned, I think they're 17, no, they're 19 in the current net ranking, and that's what the committee is using now to help determine seeds and seed position, and Wisconsin would essentially, with that ranking, be on the, the five line, right? Yeah, obviously there's a long way to go, but I can see them being a 5-6 seed. And, and even if you do finish fourth or fifth in the Big Ten, that doesn't mean you're you're not going to have a really strong NCAA tournament seed. Obviously, I think what's really helped Wisconsin this year was winning some crucial non-conference games. That was kind of the missing ingredient or one of them early last season was they were close. They gave themselves a chance, but they couldn't quite execute down the stretch and get those wins. And now some of the wins that they had look a lot better now. I mean, they beat Oklahoma in the battle for Atlantis, and Oklahoma had one loss until they played at Kansas recently. North Carolina State, I was just watching them play North Carolina last night. They had one loss. Obviously, the only loss was to Wisconsin until last night against North Carolina. So I think wins like that are going to help elevate Wisconsin. They've got that road win against Iowa, and they'll continue to get more wins against good teams in the Big Ten. So I think that they're positioning themselves well for the NCAA tournament. Jesse, one last thought, and, and that, that revolves around recruiting, but not with football, with, with basketball. There is a lot of in-state talent in the years that, that, that are looking down the road where Wisconsin is concerned. 
Are Wisconsin and Marquette doing well where the best in-state talent is concerned looking down the road? Well, I mean, that's a good question. You know, I, I think when you start looking, you're, you're looking at 2020. Obviously, 2019 is, is pretty well finalized now, but there are a, a couple names that are out there. I mean, the one that Wisconsin fans have been following for a long time is Jalen Johnson, and uh, I think it's going to be tough to get a kid of that caliber that can pretty much go anywhere. You know, we've talked before, Mike, that I feel like AU basketball drastically changes things uh, in terms of kids getting exposed to colleges all over the country. It's, it's not really like in football where, you know, there's one Division One school in the state, and, and sometimes you don't get the looks. So I think there's a name to watch. You know, Johnny Davis is a, is a combo guard from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's put itself in position, and I know Brett Gard has said before that, you know, he kind of wanted to stack the, the recruiting so uh, there'd be more available scholarships in 2020 because it is such a strong class. So I know they're going to get somebody at this point. I just don't know who it is, but I know they're going to put all their efforts into getting the best kids in the state because they always try that. Jesse, last thought here, and that is uh, allowing you to tell us what you've got coming up at theathletic.com. Sure. Uh, we'll have a mailbag that ran today where, where fans can ask questions, uh, and, and the overriding topic is on whether Wisconsin's football team uh, could compete with the likes of Clemson and Alabama. I know we talked about that on, on Badger Prime this week, Mike, but i uh, got an overview of the 2018 season and what to look forward to next season coming on Friday and some features on some other incoming recruits that are freshmen that aren't Graham Mertz. So there are going to be uh, four kids on, on campus here for the spring, and so you can learn more about them. And the other Badger story is at The Athletic. All right, Jesse, always appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mike. Jesse Temple, theathletic.com, and uh, he and I will be featured again on Badger Prime one week from tomorrow night. Going to be an interesting week for Wisconsin basketball with a Friday night home game against Purdue, the Monday game against Maryland, and as you roll forward uh, with Michigan, a week from Saturday, breakfast at the Kohl Center against one of the nation's elite teams, not just programs, but I'm talking about right now. Michigan is that good. So uh, so we'll get into that. Also, uh, when we come back, can we, John, I want to jump in on uh, a little bit more on Ian's Pizza Bets uh, and allowing our listeners a chance for their opportunity to win on our very own Ian's Pizza Bet. Can we do that? I, I'm just, I want to make sure it's okay with you, John. Yeah, do you want to explain it now or after the break? I, I don't know um, exactly how to explain it. I'm going to leave that, those details to you. Okay, well, let's uh, let's take a break now. <laughs> Basically, you know, last year I, I directed people to the website to go your chance to win Ian's Pizza. And we'll continue to make Ian's Pizza bets throughout the entire season. But we're going to do it a different way in 2019. All right, so your chance to win Ian's Pizza coming up next. And we'll explain what needs to happen. We'll do this once a week, really. And, and somebody's going to take home some Ian's Pizza. How about that? We'll explain yeah, and, on the other and, side. Yeah, we will. Uh, and by the way, our Ian's Pizza bets are cleared. I mean, we have a couple of pending, but right now it's 0-0 zero, zero with John against me in our Ian's Pizza bets. We'll give you an update when we come back and, and take your phone calls to 877-729-1070. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. Baby, you're a perfect 10. I want to get in. Can I get down so I can do? I like the way you work, kid. No dick. Back with you and in on the Mike Heller Show, we want to uh, introduce... By the way, let me just clear up, John. Our Ian's Pizza Bet running total now is 0-0, right? 9-9. Nine, nine. 
which is no, no, I mean, that's German. It didn't make any sense. Well, there's no, we have no tallies. 2019 is a clean slate. for you. Yeah, so there's a couple of different Ian's Pizza Bets we'll be making this year, but you versus me, nothing, nothing, yeah. Right, yeah, so that's what we got going on. So this is my year in our Ian's Pizza Bet. I threw it away last year just in the interest of good um, content. I lost a number of Ian's Pizza Bets just in the interest of content. Just to make the the show interesting, I made some Ian's Pizza Bets that made no sense. Uh, that John benefited from because otherwise, no, I'm not taking that bet. No, I'm not taking that bet. No, I'm not taking that bet. So I ended up having to make bets I wouldn't otherwise make. But not this year. That's the story. Not this year. If that's the story you want to pursue, that's that's the truth. That's fine. I'm I'm interested in the truth, John Audius. That's that's my deal. And where Ian's pizza bets are concerned, this year is a real year. Last year was all about content. This year, I don't care about content. All right, so what? you and I are still what are still going to be doing Ian's Pizza Bets, but how about this? This is what we're going to do for 2019. Um, we're going to take some suggestions from the listeners, and you can win Ian's Pizza right now. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. callers. Propose your bet. What would you bet, Heller and I, this week? If we take your bet, you're taking home Ian's Pizza. You don't even have to win the bet. You don't even have to win the bet. But I mean, if it's if outrageous, just, we're we not going to take it. Yeah. yeah, if we think it's the best bet. We'll just say, okay, you, you win Ian's Pizza, Even, whether you win the bet or not. By the way, for our statewide or iHeartRadio listeners that aren't in Madison and Milwaukee, the next time you're in Madison or Milwaukee and you win, that's when you would be able to collect on your Ian's Pizza. So if you're listening in Wausau, if you're listening in Appleton or Green Bay or Nina and Menasha, um, Ian's Pizza is for you in Milwaukee or Madison. And the next time you're in, that's when you can collect uh, on your Ian's pizza because we're not we're not going to deliver it. We're you know, not we're not we're, yes. we're not going to send uh, the the car to Wausau with an Ian's pizza in it. Sorry, Sorry. Wausau. So so or combined quick. locks or Nina or Manasha. So we'll take phone calls once again 877-729-1070. If you have the best bet proposed, you're going to win Ian's pizza here in the segment and Mike, um what I think we should do is also keep a tally. So not only you versus me, but us versus them. Like, overall, at the end of 20, 2019, who had the better Ian's Pizza Bet record? The listeners or us? Well, I, th- I think we I think we know the answer to that question. Because we're going to take the best bets. Well, you and I don't necessarily agree uh, on these. But, however, I would propose... Yeah. Let, me, let me open the door here. I will propose to you a bet on tonight's Bucks-Rockets game, in which Milwaukee is favored by a point and a half. I, I'm, a, I'm a Bucks fan, okay? So I want to take the Bucks. However, I'll take the point and a half, and I'll take the Houston Rockets tonight. So you give that some thought, John Audius. The, the Houston Rockets have won 12 of 14. The Bucks have the best record in the NBA, but the Rockets are really good. I think they're 14 and 5 at home. They've won 12 of their last 14 in that period of time. A guy by the name of Jimmy Harden is averaging almost 40 points per game, 39-plus. Jimmy Harden, ever hear of him? He's got a beard. I don't know. Really who, good. I don't know who Jimmy Harden is. Okay, uh, by the way, Travels once again, a lot. you're going to have to pick this up in Madison or Milwaukee. Uh, so Robin Whitewater has a bet to propose. All right, hey, Rob, boys. welcome to the show. You've been a stranger. Why? I mean, did, is it something John said? No, I uh, sold the store, so I'd, I'm in the concrete business now, so I'm stuck outside all day. Mm. 
So all right, it's it cold. But, uh, yeah, it's no, it's really warm out usually. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to throw out this one. How about this? Uh, next year, the defensive coordinator will be different for the Green Bay Packers. I bet. Oh wait, what? Yep, I'm going to go with that. 2019, no petting. Yep. Okay, there's a bet. I don't uh, mm, keep you I on hold. Ta- listen, okay, Rob, hold on. I would take that. I would take that bet out of hand right now. I, I don't. Think I wouldn't we, hesitate yeah. a single moment. I don't think we need to take Rick and Jeff's calls because I think you're right. That's it. We just that's we're one and done. I mean, well, do, we better, should we just I mean, in, in the, the interest, interest of, of due yeah, yeah, process? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear from Rick and Jeff. Is that what you said? Uh, Rick. By the way, uh, Rob, call back because I think I dropped it. Rick in Wausau. Hello, Rick. And remember, Rick, if you win this, we're not sending up a car with an Ian's pizza. You're going to have to come to us. Hey, it's worth driving to Madison to get an Ian's pizza. You're darn what's right. What's your bet? Oh, okay, what's your bet? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to uh, change his bet a little bit. I'm going to say that uh, both Patine and uh, Philbin are kept on by our our new coach. Ooh, I would take that bet because I don't think Philbin is, and I don't know who Patine is. So <laughs> <laughs> because who's this, who's this Patine guy? I get it. I'm just making fun of Rick and Wausau. Just because he, he understands the way Murphy talked about Philbin today, he said, "I don't want to. I'm going to get emotional." That would lead me to believe that Philbin will not be retained. Yeah, I don't think Philbin's going to be uh, be coming back. All right, so Rick, hold on. And uh, who's our last guy here? Jeff and Wausau. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? You know, as I just told Rick, we're not sending the car with Ian's to Wausau. You're going to have to come to Ian's in Madison or Milwaukee. But what I'm going to do is give it to my son. He lives down in Milwaukee. Well, look at you go. Now, that's very yeah. nice of you. If we pick your bet, what is it? If. Yeah, what do you got? Okay. The next four games that the Badgers play, they'll be 3-1. and one. Who do they even play? Well, they play Purdue, then Maryland, then Michigan. Uh, who am I missing on game four there? Uh, I don't have a schedule right in front of me. But... All right. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, John, you want to make this uh, ultimate decision here? Um, I say we throw away the three and one Badger thing. I don't know enough to. Yeah, I don't know. Um, either his Rob... son's gonna go hungry. Jeff, your son's gonna go hungry for at least another week in in Milwaukee. All right. So Rick and Wassa on the Patine and Philbin, <laughs> they both be retained. Um, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the bet with Rob. So even though I, uh, you know, I like winning bets. So I will take the bet from Rob. Okay. Rob will win our Ian's pizza. Yep. Rob bet that Mike Pettin would not be back. As the Packers' defensive coordinator, I'll take that bet. Petten will be back. That'll be announced in the next 48 hours. And so I'll take that bet, and I'll win that bet. But by taking that bet, Rob... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bob wins. Because he, he wins the pizza, which we'll do every week. And the bet that we take, the guy who proposes it, Guy or gal that proposes it wins the Ian's Pizza, regardless of whether or not they win the bet. Congratulations, so, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Rob. Cold and concrete, and he wins an Ian's Pizza.
And listen, this isn't a slice, right? Or is it? No, it's a pizza. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a pizza. So Rob, call this back. a real deal. <laughs> Rob, call yeah. back. I need your info. Yeah, Rob, give us a call back. And by the way, I win that bet. John, did you decide that you were taking the bet? I, I will take the Rockets tonight. Not because I want the Rockets, but I want the point and a half. The Bucks favored by one and a half doesn't seem right to me. I'll take Houston on their home court, but I need the point and a half. Are you taking it as a Ian's Pizza bet between you and I? John's thinking about it. I'm going to let him stew on that. Because I listen, I, I I don't see that. I mean, there are two bets that are out there today. Vegas, uh, at least at a couple of the places, has set the Brewers over under win total line at eighty three and a half. I'll, I'll take the. I'll give you a hundred pizza bet on that deal over the last two years, and, and I'll take that over on on the Brewers over eighty three and a half wins. If they have less than 83.5, that means something catastrophic happened. I mean, you talk about a significant hit for the Brewers. They 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 only win 83 games or less? Oof, that's a fall. Uh, Brewer Dave has called the program. Hello, Brewer Dave. Hi, Mike. Happy New Year. And to you. Thank you. I just wanted to pass my bet on, and John wouldn't take my call. I don't know why. I don't blame but him. But my bet, no, don't. Don't start. It's the new year. Oh, yep. So, anyways, I was going to bet that the Badger football team will not have a better record than they had this year. Wow. Mm. Why, why do you say that? They were because eight and they five have no year. offensive line. Oh, that's not true at all. Year. No, no, stop, stop. Stop. If they had a better offense, if they had anybody who could have filled in for Dietzen or Dieter as banged up as those guys are, that poor Dietzen can barely stand up. He's so bad with his back and knees, and nobody could still beat that guy out. Okay, That's Brewer Dave, I'll take, I'll take your bet right now. I mean, I will bet you a full Ian's pizza. Not, not a slice, just you and I. Uh, I will with, take, I will take that the, that the Badgers win. Okay, so they won. Are we going regular season or oh, regular games. season? Or what were they? Eight and five for the season. No, I, I don't want the. I don't sorry. want the bowl game included in there. They were seven and five wow. at the end of the regular season. I'll, I'll I, I bet they go eight and four or better. Okay, and then that gets that gets uh, drinks too. Well, well. How about a drink, drink Brewer Dave? I'm not going to take care of your drinks. I, I need to. I, I don't drink mu- alcohol. So it just be oh. Pepsi, and then right, John yeah, I'm, has I'm to be there that. too. You got to pay for John's drinks too. John Ooh, has to that be means, there too. No, John's got to be there. Like Why does John have to be? Couple there? spotted cows, Mike. We're like brothers. <laughs> Is that right? Okay, I'm John taking and I that are bet. Close. We're really close. Yeah, you make a note on that. I've taken that. The Bru- the Badgers will be eight and four or better in the regular season next year. I've just made my first full year Ian's pizza bet. We have another hour yet to come. Stick around. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. This is The Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, here's Mike Heller.
Into the 5 o'clock hour we go on the Mike Heller Show on a day that the Green Bay Packers introduced their 15th head coach in franchise history. His name is Matt LaFleur. The press conference was held at 3 o'clock today. It featured a lot of Mark Murphy and a great deal of Matt LaFleur and a little bit of Brian Gutekunst. And I think in that, in that press conference, I think the, the biggest takeaway is that there was conversation with Aaron Rodgers. He was part of the leadership council for the Packers in their coaching search. So they met every week. And then when the Packers interviewed Matt LaFleur Sunday in Nashville, and he was the final interview that the Packers conducted, they had a strong feeling with Russ Ball, Brian Gutekunst, and Mark Murphy, who were on the road doing the interviews. They had a strong feeling that he was the most qualified and best candidate. They were on the same page. They wanted to sleep on it. When they did, they reconvened on Monday, and I believe at that moment they said, we think we have our guy. They reached out to Aaron and had Aaron reach out to to Matt LaFleur. And once that conversation took place, then the Packers, if I understand this correctly, then formally offered the job to Matt LaFleur, and that took no time at all to uh, to get put to bed. And then when he arrived last night, they had their their contract uh, put together and had the 3 o'clock afternoon press conference today. So Green Bay does indeed have Matt LaFleur as their new head football coach. One of the other questions asked and answered in today's press conference was about Mike Pettin. And although it has been widely reported that Pettin would be retained on this staff, Matt LaFleur said that he has not had a conversation yet but would very shortly with Mike Pettin. So he was non-committal but he wasn't it wasn't a non-committal that made you wait a second I don't think it was just that the head coach was probably going down this road for the first time and even though uh it's been reported that way he was going to hold saying that he hasn't had a chance to visit directly with Mike Pettin which would be understandable Uh, but it's been uh, widely reported by Tom Silverstein and many others that Pettin and many of Pettin's staff members would be retained as defensive coaches which would also be consistent with what the Los Angeles Rams did with Sean McVay and Wade Phillips being their defensive coordinator slash defensive head coach. They did the same thing in uh, in Chicago with Matt Nagy as the head coach offensive coordinator and Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator or their full-time you know defensive head coach. Fangio, by the way, today left to take the job, the head coaching job at Denver. So you would assume, but again, we don't want to fully assume, but the reports say the Petten would be retained, uh, yet Matt LaFleur uh, denied that or at least held off on that for the moment. So we welcome you aboard, and this is the 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Heller Show. I'm Mike. That's John Adius right there. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? I'm feeling really good about our Ian's Pizza bet we made with a listener last hour um, about the Packers will have Petten. He thinks they won't have Petten. I'm feeling pretty. I'm going to trust the reporters on this one. Are you sure? I'm feeling good. I don't know. Don't you get that sense? Well, I just, I, yeah. I like mean, he's, said, that's yeah. the bet we took. So, yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, I, I, I don't know why that would, you know, unless something changed. You know, and Patton said he had no other interest in in other head coaching jobs. He's not been rumored for other head coaching jobs, uh, unless he and and Matt Lafleur had a conflict of interest in what was going to be the defense this is the way i see it john i think most people looking at this have looked at it this way that 
Matt LaFleur is a very innovative, offensive-thinking coach. He don't want to not not that he doesn't want to roll in the defense, but he doesn't want to have to worry about it. So again, copycat league, right? Sean McVay, Wade Phillips in Los Angeles, Matt Nagy, Vic Fangio in Chicago. I think that's the model that Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, and the Green Bay Packers are going to follow. And Mike Pettin is he did a I thought he did a really good job with no groceries this year. Whether that was due to injury or just attrition, including a trade of HaHa Clinton Dix during the season, I mean, it was not a, a full shelf, not a full pantry to work from. And yet, Mike Pettin had Green Bay right in about twenty in most of the defensive categories. Uh, their personnel wouldn't have led you to believe that that was the case, especially since the offense wasn't doing a bunch of their best work. So I would think that without question. Petten is on this staff, but that's one of the things in the conversation today with Matt LaFleur. He didn't give us a whole lot of insight on where the staff makeup would be as they rolled forward. No, and the other thing, too, is that he and Aaron Rodgers spoke, right? Um, and uh, Rodgers actually spoke with him before he accepted the job. That was explained by LaFleur. I thought that was an interesting point in the press conference like, listen, Gutekunst jumps in to interrupt LaFleur, and actually Murphy did too. Like, they both, it was kind of weird to me. I don't know if you caught that. Like, Murphy and Gutekunst both at the same time were like trying to stop LaFleur for some reason. I don't know. I'm not trying to be too conspiracy theory guy. Um, because, but you can hear Murphy say, okay, yeah, Brian, you, you, you take it. Like, take a listen to this. Tell me if I'm onto anything. Yeah. I, I briefly spoke to him prior to accepting the job, and that's, Kind of how I had an idea that maybe I was in the running for it. it once, uh, <laughs> I have to jump in here once. Yeah, Brian. Can. Once, once we kind of narrowed in that you know that Matt was our guy. Um, you know, I had Aaron reach out to him. Isn't that kind of weird. Yeah, Brian's got this. They both they yeah, both I, were trying think, to jump in. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I think they wanted to protect the process there, and also I think maybe they sensed that that Matt wasn't sure what he could or okay. should say there. <laughs> so. I mean, there are three hot microphones going at the same time uh, in the room. And listen, earlier, Mark Murphy uh, did did no favors to live television and live radio by throwing in a BS in the middle of one of his stories as to how the process worked out where Matt LaFleur is concerned. I think Matt sensed that the interview went well. And at the end of the interview, he said, Mark, what's your time frame? And I gave him some bullshit. Excuse me. But I was like, well, you know, I believe in higher slowly. <laughs> We're going to move forward with all deliberate speed. And uh, so I said, we'll, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then when they left, we were, that's when we started saying, we, I liked him. Do you like him? We all liked him. But uh, so it was the very next day. The uh, the the blue moment, the uh, shock value was what got the big laugh because that's a lot of people in the room who know that it's live. <laughs> I mean, that's the room is dominated by TV cameras and live radio feeds going out. So that that burst of laughter is not because it's it's a funny story, but because of the transitional words used in the funny story. And uh, so that was uh, that was a moment that uh, TV uh, producers and and GMs and radio uh, GMs were like, wait, what was that? Uh, but the FCC is on furlough, aren't they? Aren't they part of the government shutdown anyway? So uh, so you get away with that. 
Um, Murphy did open the press conference. The Packers president did open the press conference with uh, 12 plus, maybe 13 minutes to open, which was a little more than uh, I think we had, had planned on. Or over 13, to, just over 13 minutes. Just over 13 minutes. And then he did close, was asked uh, in one of the closing questions who uh, Matt LaFleur would report to. And he said he reports to me, Mark Murphy. Uh, so that that is unchanged. That's the way it was a year ago in the final uh, year structure with Mike McCarthy. So that won't change, and that's not a surprise, but it's good to get it reinforced that the report structure is just the same, unchanged, that it is uh, Matt LaFleur reporting to Mark Murphy, and it is Brian Gutekunst reporting to Mark Murphy. Uh, so he's essentially the owner, despite being you know, the president. He's serving in a capacity that is similar to an owner. Yeah, it sound, I don't know if it sounded odd to you at all at any point, but you mentioned the 13 minutes that Murphy spoke, and he was answering a ton of questions. He wasn't shy to jump in and start answering questions. It... it it felt like he really enjoyed it, and it felt like he almost is kind of like the the go-to GM in a way. Like, I know Gutekunst is there, and his title is general manager. I just got the feeling that Murphy answered a lot of questions as if, like, hey, I got all the answers. I'm the GM. And people were asking him questions. Well, and I think really the the, the today for me, and I don't know if everybody felt this way, but today for me was mainly about Matt LaFleur. I wanted to hear him. I mean, that we, we asked and answered the question before the presser, what were we most interested in? One was an Aaron Rodgers question. Uh, two was a staff makeup question. And three was just, for me at least, to hear Matt LaFleur, how he handled the moment, how he handled the media. What what is Are you going to get an indication of who he is going to be on a day-to-day basis moving forward, especially when you get to training camp, mini camps, OTAs, and he meets with the media on a daily basis, I want to know who we're dealing with. I, w- I want to know how he's going to handle those moments, and certainly it changes. Today's today's a honeymoon. Today's the day after the wedding. Today's everybody is going to be happy. I mean, they haven't lost a game. He's going to be undefeated until they play a game in September, um, so everything's going to be on the plus side. I wanted to get a sense or a gauge of how Matt LaFleur will be in front of a microphone and in front of a camera. And he was, as you would expect, uh, because we've seen this influx of young, innovative, bright minds in the NFL. Not that the other minds aren't bright, but the way he handled the moment would be similar to what we've seen from Sean McVay and similar to what we've seen from Matt Nagy. He's young. He's unafraid. There's a little brash cockiness there, but I think that is uh, juxtaposed against a humility that, that that you see about him being in the moment and understanding where he is. He's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one of the most formidable franchises in American sports, one of the historic franchises in this country, and he's a 39-year-old, and it's his first head coaching job at any level. So there's... He was humble. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See- Terms and conditions 18 plus. But I think you can see that there is a 
a certain level, and I thought a good mix of brash confidence, along with that humble brag a little bit there at the end, too. You mentioned the 39, uh, the age of 39 years old, and to be able to have a Hall of Fame quarterback as you know your first job, and that's the guy you have. You don't have some rookie or some middle-of-the-pack type of guy. That's really cool. And I, some people might think it's awkward that Roger was Rogers 35 or 34? 35. That, 35. That, that Rogers will be taking direction from a guy who's just four years older than he is. But I actually think that might work in the favor of the Green Bay Packers, more so because they're they're they can perhaps relate to each other better than if they hired a fifty five year old coach or something like that. You know, they're both around that same time frame, and I don't know if that might not be better to work together because they're both like, hey, you know, you're basically my my age. We basically could have been best friends the entire you know our entire lives. Could have grew up down the street together and. And play together when, you know, we're 15 and 11 or whatever. So I just, I think that that could be a bonus for the Green Bay Packers that they are so close in age. Yeah. Uh, Rodgers turned 35 on December the 2nd. Matt LaFleur is 39 years old. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it, there's not much of an age gap between the two with, without question. And, and, um, and Lafleur's birthday is November the third, so he just turned thirty nine uh, a couple of months ago. And by the way, so, I get it that you can you can spin that either way. You could spin that a more sure. experienced coach yep. would be a better thing for Roger. Like I don't know, but that was my first reaction. But yeah. like all leagues, what what they found in the National Football League is that the young, innovative, offensive minds are having success. So guess what? We're going to get hired. Now they did not do that in Denver. Vic Fangio is a veteran. They did not do that in Tampa. So it's not like this is the only way to go about it. Tampa hires Bruce Arians. So this isn't the only way to go, but this is the way it seems once you see a little success. That's what uh, programs are going to do, and that's what the Packers did. Not that they're following, but there has been success, and this is the same uh, model that Green Bay is going to employ is the one that the L.A. Rams did and the one that the Chicago Bears did. You want to take a phone call? Well, it's Conrad, right? So I, I want is not the right way to phrase it. Hi, Conrad. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call, as always. Um, you know what? After just a day or so to just kind of chew on this and uh, try to see kind of what, what Murphy and Gutekunst were thinking when they brought him in and, and interviewed him and all that, I'm actually I'm buying in. I see this was a way to not, like, blow up the entire coaching staff. Um, you were able to get a guy that had a mind for the youth and yet a mind for like, cause he's not like 32, you know, he's not really, I mean, we can spin it how we want, but it's not really McVay. He's not really, you know, he's, he's got almost like a decade on McVay. So, and he's been around the league, like at some sort of capacity for like really almost 10 years. So it's, it's one of them things where you can stay competitive cause he was around McVay. And if he's going to be the guy that's going to be of the elite in the NFL for like the next little while, if the Rams are on top, you got a guy that was on that system so you can compete in an NFC championship game because you know how the guy thinks. So there's a lot of defensive, like, like back-end stuff that's going on. Um, and I just, I kind of, I'm seeing it. It makes more sense now than bringing in, like, you know, a Nick Saban that's just going to blow up the team and he's got his own staff and he's just going to do what he wants and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Or even maybe with McDaniels, he would have maybe done the same thing. I'm not really for sure. But this guy, you've got kind of like that hybrid uh, Shanahan, McVeigh mindset, and they probably asked him in the interview, and I didn't catch it. I didn't listen to the the whole uh, broadcast. 
But maybe there's some thought there like, hey, um, are you going to blow up the team? Are, are you going to take on some of our staff? Do you feel that we can win with what we got? Like, are those some questions? I would have loved to answer that if I was in that room. Yeah, we were on a, a as always with Conrad, we're on a shot clock, a caller clock where Conrad is concerned. Now, you're not all subject to the same caller phone clock, all right? But with Conrad, it, it is he's on a shot clock because there have been times where Conrad just filibusters. And I don't think he knows he's filibustering. He just filibusters. And he was he was a he was filibustering there. I wonder if he knows he's done. Um, do you think he's? Yeah, he's gone. I was going to okay. say, should we bring him up? And he's still talking. And that's my. So big we've point. done that before. No. We've done that before, and we go back, and yeah, he's still just yapping away. But what's blowing um, up the team? I mean, we believe Petten will be retained. Don't know about Philbin, although the way Murphy talked about Philbin in the press conference, he said, "I might get emotional here." That leads me to believe that Philbin will not be part of the 2019 Packers. I mean. Special teams. I'm sure he'll probably go a new direction there. What do you think? It, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that if indeed he retains Petten, then Petten gets the option of retaining defensive staff, certainly with LaFleur's approval. You know, if Matt LaFleur has a young defensive coach that he's really fond of and would love to and really wants on his staff, he's going to have him on the staff. Um, but if he retains Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator, and I expect he will, and that's the reports, even though he didn't go that way today, um, I would expect that Mike Pettin is going to keep most of his position staff in place. I mean, those are Mike Pettin's guys. So, well, well, that I think won't take long to iron out. I would think we'd know about that for certain and officially in the next 48 hours or so where Pettin is concerned. Where offensive coaches are concerned, assistant coaches, that's Lafleur, and there is a race, all right? Because there there is a race with the new head coaches that have been hired, uh, Freddie Kitchens, it appears, in Cleveland, uh, with Bruce Arians in Tampa, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, with all the coaches being hired, they're all in the same boat. They're trying to to establish their relationships and hire those assistants that are available and valuable to them. So you would think Matt LaFleur, just like everybody else, is in a bit of that race to make sure he gets the guys he wants before somebody else reaches out. But that's all relationship, and we'll see where that process plays its way forward. Now, we have a bit of an unknown coming up next. Jim Osarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online, scheduled to join us. That was tentative because of the day. So we'll either talk with... All right, so now I understand we will not visit with Jim next. That leaves phone lines open, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. We'll hear more from the presser and from you as we continue on this special edition of The Mike Heller Show. It's always been a dream of mine to to be an NFL head coach, but to be the NFL, to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers is, it is surreal, and I am extremely humbled, and um, to follow in the footsteps of Curly Lambeau, Vince Lombardi, you know, um, 
Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy, it is truly an honor. That is Matt LaFleur, who just turned 39 the first week of November. He is the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers. His quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, just turned 35. So about a four-year gap between the two, a little bit uh, more than that. And it is uh, that will be the most interesting dynamic to watch play. It will be the very first time in Aaron Rodgers' career since his rookie season in Green Bay that he is charged with learning a brand-new offense. That's rare in the NFL that anybody, any quarterback, has gone 13 years without a change of offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator and head coach for those 12 and three-quarters seasons. And Lafleur, so, yeah, Lafleur talked about working with Aaron Rodgers a number of times. He was asked about when he talked to Rodgers, but he also said he's really excited to work with the future Hall of Famer. I'm so focused on moving forward. Um, all I really care about at this point is develop a, developing a relationship with him, and I think we're both on the same page. We are, we are committed to winning. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he is a competitor, and I cannot wait to, to get started with him. That's Matt LaFleur talking about uh, the relationship with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to the phones. 877-729-1070. Mike in Milwaukee, thanks for calling. Hello. Hey. How are you guys? Hey. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. So uh, my question is, you know, there's all this talk about um, the McVeigh effect and how everybody's out there trying to replicate what's going on with the Rams. My question is, what if there really is no such thing as the McVeigh effect? And what if it's the fact that there were some pretty significant and critical talent upgrades with the Rams, and there was a very, very low bar uh, with Jeff Fisher, and that that team was ripe to improve? And I get it. You can look at the what the team's done and the schemes and all this other stuff to see that they're doing some good things. But, I mean, it could be a mirage. It could be that we could have another little bar with Mike McCarthy and, you know, we make some, some appropriate and critical talent upgrades and stay a little healthier, and all of a sudden we could be a lot better, and it doesn't have anything to do with the McVeigh effect. Well, for the last two years, in both 2017 and 2018, the Los Angeles Rams were first in scoring and second in scoring. Uh, Jared Goff's the quarterback. Todd Gurley's the running back. They They have good receivers, but I don't think they have... Um, the game's best receivers. They're a balanced attack. They use the running game deeply, but yeah, they have Gurley. And then, although the numbers don't stack up, the Tennessee approach to it also featured Derrick Henry, uh, the running attack. So, I don't know. Uh, listen, I think that the view about Los Angeles is that they figured out a way with McVeigh and Lafleur to make Jared Goff comfortable and to give him good reads and open opportunities. So I don't know that it's a mirage. I mean, a one-year deal can be a mirage. I don't know if, if you're the highest-scoring team in the NFL one year and second-highest-scoring the next year, that that would be a mirage. Well, I mean, to get back to maybe his point, too, and, and I'll, I'll take it a step further, is it the McVeigh effect? It could be, but just to, to be fair to the whole process, maybe it isn't. Could it be? Possibly that just McVeigh took over with a really good quarterback in Jared Goff because the last season Jeff Fisher had, he had Keenum for 10 games, 
or, or nine games, that is, and Goff for seven. So Goff made that transition. That was his first year, I believe, there in 2016, Jeff Fisher's last year. Could it be that you just have a head coach with a really good quarterback and things clicked? And th- th- there is no really um, connection to the age in the offense. Sure. It's more that th- there's a really good quarterback and a pretty good coach and things are well, working. There's, well, there is a really good quarterback in Green Bay, too. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I think that the view was from both the outside and then the inside in Green Bay, is that offensively something has gone awry. And that Green Bay has been a franchise that since Ron Wolf arrived on campus at Lambeau uh, back in, in, in the mid-90s, that that was a program and a team built on offensive execution. Mike Holmgren brought it along with Ron Wolf with personnel, and then that has been the Packers' M.O. Now, when they combine really good offense and a great quarterback – with a pretty good defense, they won Super Bowls. So, but the the missing element in the grand scheme of things has not been the quarterback. It has been the offense surrounding the quarterback, and that there was some complacency that set in, and we could see that Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing at his best. So, this is the direction you have to go. You had to you had to bring in an innovative offensive coaching mind. That doesn't. There's no guarantee, right? There's no promise. That this works. That's not how sports works, where you get a guarantee on a first year head coach. Nobody's going to guarantee that. But what were your options? What, what were you looking at? So I, I don't, I think this is, listen, I, I've said it a number of times since this became official on Monday that this is a good hire until it's not. It's a good hire, but it's a thesis paper that's been turned in and the grades won't be returned on this until a year from now and more importantly two and three and four years from now that's when matt lafleur gets graded and then ultimately uh his his superiors mark murphy and brian gutekunst and russ ball who made the decision they'll get graded on this um two three and four years from now Let's take another phone call at 877-729-1070. Your impressions of the press conference today, if you caught that, or your thoughts on Matt LaFleur. Corey from Madison called the Mike Keller Show. Hello, Corey. Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, um, i got to be honest. My first impression did not give me a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. He seemed nervous. He seemed a little bit unprepared. Uh, he seemed to be giving the stock answers. Not what you would want from uh, the head of your football team, especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, uh, with his recent history of uh, kind of overruling coaches. So, just wondering your thoughts. Yeah, Corey, I don't. Uh, you and I won't find common ground on that. I think he's 39 years old. He's being introduced for the first time as a head coach of an NFL franchise. Uh, you would expect some nervous. Uh, some nervous, you know, relations, some nervous in his voice, but I didn't feel like the moment got him. And, and he's going, every coach is going to give you stock answers. I, I, I did not walk away with that impression, Corey, but I, listen, we all hear the same thing and come to a different conclusion. And listen, from a press conference standpoint, he won't be graded on that when it's all said and done. 
You begin. Uh- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Return on investment when you start playing games. And you're going to see how he coaches uh, based on record and personnel, to be fair. But he's going to get graded on what they do on Sundays, not what he does in January in his introductory press conference. I didn't think he like blew the the doors off the room, but I certainly didn't think that it was a negative. No, and I I can I heard what Corey was talking about. He seemed I guess he used the word I think unprepared, and it did kind of sound like that. But I would be more on on your side, Mike. That he's thirty nine. He's never been the main guy. And now he's thrust into his very first head coaching job, and there's lots of people, and there's cameras, and there's questions, and it's kind of nerve-wracking. He never had to to have that moment before where he is the man in charge and talking about a future Hall of Fame quarterback. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt. And add on top of that, um, if you thought he was a bit hesitant or unclear with some of his answers, I would rather see his answers on the football field. What's his call on third and 12, fourth and one from the one in the fourth quarter? Like, what is he doing in those and how confident is he with the play calling in those situations? That's more I'm more concerned about that than how he sounded in his first press conference. But I did hear a bit of what Corey was talking about. So I understand what he was saying. Yeah. So so and let's be fair. He's 39 years old and he's never held a press conference. Never. Offensive coordinators do meet with the media, but it's not in that session, not the way that was conducted today. Uh, so this is this is a unique and and rare territory uh, for a 39 year old. So I would expect some of that grand scheme of thing. That's that wasn't my takeaway today. Um, in the big picture, the takeaway today is it's going to fade. It won't ultimately matter. I'm also interested, as we continue to watch the Jets saga unfold, is that Mike McCarthy is one of the final three candidates, it appears, for that job. And very interested in how that plays, because McCarthy is going to earn $8 million by not coaching. Or he'll take that Jets job. and I would, Or they'll, they won't offer it. If they don't offer it, he's, in a, he's playing with house money there because the $8 million he's going to be paid – and keeping in mind that Pittsburgh, it didn't come open, but there's a real good chance it would come open a year from now. And, and that's, that's hometown. Uh, so keeping an eye on that. Most of the other significant vacancies have filled where the NFL is concerned. More reaction to the Packers. And Matt LaFleur introduced today as the 15th full-time head coach in Packers history. Back with more and your phone calls, 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070 and must watch TV tonight Bucks and Rockets from Houston. Houston the hottest team in the NBA, the Bucks the best record in the NBA. Little chat on that when we come back too. This is the Mike Heller show.
is the world's greatest Eagles tribute band, Eagle Mania, Saturday, January 19th, the Pabst Theater, 144 East Wells Street in Milwaukee. You can get your tickets at pabsttheater.org slash events. The Pabst proudly welcomes back the biggest surprise from 2017, Eagle Mania. Their show consists of the Eagles' greatest hits, as well as some of the solo work of Don Henley, Glenn Bryan, Joe Walsh, Eagle Mania, Saturday, January 19th. Doors open at 6.30. The show's at 7. The Paps Theater in Milwaukee. PapsTheater.org slash events for tickets. I can tell you why, because it's awesome. So that's going on. And uh, and tonight, I, I think it's really interesting to see what happens tonight where the Bucks and Rockets are concerned. I said earlier that the Bucks were a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, I got some people on Twitter that said that that line had switched to favor the Bucks, but John, you never answered the question. I never I'll heard go with the, the original. What do you got? Well, it's a, it's an Ian's Pizza bet. I was going with the original online number of the Bucks being favored by one and a half. I'll take the Rockets and the point and a half. Okay, so for an Ian's Pizza bet. Once again, you always have to these these lines always confuse my brain. So that means if the Bucks lose by one. Or win, I would win if I took the Bucks. No, it no. meant that the Bucks were favored oh, by a favored. point and a half. Oh, they're favored by a point and a half. So if the Bucks won by a point, I would win the bet. So they got to win by. They have if to the win game, by more than one point. If the game finished in a tie, I would win the bet. <laughs> so they have to win by more than a point. If that, if I took the Bucks, that would be the bet, right? Yes, correct. So it's a, essentially almost a straight up pick. But if the Bucks won by one, I would still win the bet. I want Houston in this pick tonight. Bucks favored oh, by that, a point. You know what I hear? Yeah, well, scratching yeah. my head. Yeah, I can. I can hear the the thought process turning. Bucks favored by a point and a half. Now that changed uh, from what I see on Twitter. Some people are saying that that now Houston's favored by a point, but I don't care. I I offered you. The original line of the Bucks favored by a point and a half. And I'll take Houston. Hello? Our first, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Our first Ian's Pizza bet of 2019. Heller taking Rockets. That'd be minus, or, Not that uh, I want that, but I think, yeah, I think uh, a guy like Jimmy Harden, um, you know, averaging 39 points per game, I believe in their last 12 out of their 14 they've won. Uh, and they're on their home court in H Town, and uh, Jimmy Harden's hard to stop. So uh, I will take the Bucks. Yep. What? Uh, Ian's Pizza. It bet. just happened, didn't it? Sound we made our first Ian's Pizza bet of the season. Now I want to lose this bet, John. Why? Okay. Well, because I want the Bucks to win. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got. You. So I, I, I'm in a can't lose situation. Truly, I am. I mean the. Houston Rockets are not a team I want to win tonight. I just think because it's in Houston that they will win tonight. I'm just going to take the best team in the NBA, so or at least in the. East. Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah. By right. the way, at home the Rockets are 14 and five. Yes. By the way, speaking of uh, Jimmy Harden, as you call him, uh, I, I was thinking about Harden today because of the story on Clay Thompson. Did you see Thompson and four how many- dribbles? My goodness. He scored 40, it was a 43? 43 points on four dribbles. Now, he once had a game, I believe, where he scored 60 with 11 dribbles. But four dribbles 
and 43 points. It's it's fun to me to be able to see that you can be a successful NBA player in a bunch of different ways. And this has always really been the case, right? But you can be LeBron and have the ball in your hand all the time. You can be Harden and travel and shoot free throws and be a great player. Or you can be Klay Thompson, who takes four dribbles and scores 43 points. It's crazy how there's so many great players, and it, it appears there are a few of them that can just do it in a special way. All right, so I'll ask this question. We've, we've asked this before, but John, your Milwaukee Bucks have the NBA's best record. Would you say that they're the NBA's best team? Uh, probably not, no. Yeah, right. No. So, um, you know, it's kind of how these things play. This is fun. This is the best young story. In The best story. Well, technically, the Raptors, the I think, part. have the best record, but still. The Bucks have the best winning percentage in the National Basketball Association. Yeah, close to it, yeah. What do you mean close to it? Don't the Raptors, I think the Raptors, hold on, I think the Raptors have the edge. No, the Bucks have the best winning percentage in the NBA. Okay. Oh, no, you're right. When did that happen? Sorry, John. That's okay. I, I mean to do that to you. They're one that, of the that's, best. Yeah, I like to call them the best yeah, because the, they were the there a The Raptors days ago. winning percentage is 721 and the Bucks is 718. So... I apologize for that, uh, John. You know, it doesn't happen a ton. But they're right there. Uh, that the I point. admit to, to being wrong right away like that. I mean, usually it takes me a while. What's the number? I saw the number of, right in front of me. What's the number Sorry. for a virtual tie? Because you hear that sometimes. Not yeah. really that close to be a virtual tie, but still. Yeah, no, I mean, they are one of the best, if not. But I would still, I mean, would you take in a seven-game series, would you take the Raptors or the Bucks? I would take the Raptors. Yeah. As, it's, as it sits today. I think the, the Bucks are still. Um, I, I listen. I love the Milwaukee Bucks. I just, I think there's a process to be played, and I don't think the Bucks are there yet, as far as being in the NBA Finals. That's what I mean by that, because in order, you know, in order to get to the NBA Finals, you got to win the East, and I don't think the Bucks will win the East. I didn't say I don't think they can win the East. I don't think they will win the East. And I think the best team in the East. When it's all said and done, is is Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee are all similar, but Toronto and Boston have done it. Milwaukee's it, it, there's there's a process. And I think the Bucks are going to skip a step this year. I mean, they're going to win that first playoff series. They might win two, but I don't think they're going to win three. I think the trade deadline could be interesting where the Bucks are concerned. Will they add another shooting piece? Will they add a piece that goes way now? Hold on a second. Maybe they can skip two steps. Actually, would be skipping three because the Bucks have not won a playoff series since two thousand and one. In order to get to the finals, you got to win three. So, I just I think the Bucks are going to skip a step this year. Maybe two. I find it hard to imagine that they're going to skip three steps. And my goodness, I don't skip four. Mm. I don't think so. I don't either. So, but I, th- you know, this is fun, and, uh, and and they're making January and February, for that matter, really enjoyable. When you get to March, then you've got distractions: uh, Brewers at spring training, NCAA tournament, state high school basketball. All of that is a distraction as you go into the final month of the NBA season, and the NBA playoffs will begin, I think, on April twelfth. So there's there's a ways to go here yet. When you're thinking of three months and a week until the NBA playoffs begin. But a fun game tonight in Houston. 
against the NBA's best offensive player. And there's no doubt about that, right? The NBA's best offensive player is James Harden. So how does Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks? how do they go ahead and try to defend what is at the moment undefendable? You cannot defend James Harden in the moment. I mean, it, it is hard. Imagine being a defender in the league and having to face a guy who is allowed to travel. It must be impossible, right? And a guy who flops and gets every call possible. So James Harden is a really good scorer. I also think he's a flopper and a faker and a traveler. But that's just wow. my opinion. Man, he's really good. You, Don't get me wrong. Look at you hating on Jimmy Harden. <laughs> gets to the free throw line a ton. Steps back about four times, too, and threes, and takes about 17 Euro steps, it feels, through the lane before flopping away. I think it is the marquee game in the NBA tonight, and it's uh, Bucks and Rockets from Houston, and John and I have an Ian's Pizza bet on the dealio. Of the top 11 scorers, one more anti-James Harden rant. And I have Houston. Yeah, you have Houston. I've got the Bucks. Of the top 11 scorers, oh, wait, 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 I'm wrong. Of the, top, oh, now of the top 20 in scoring in the league, there is one player with a worse shooting percentage than James Harden, and it's Russell Westbrook at 42% from the floor. Now Harden also hits 38% threes, which is pretty good. Yeah, but what's Westbrook from three-point range? 23%. Like 23%? Yeah. And he's shooting five a game. What are you doing? <laughs> if, yeah. if you're shooting five times a game and you're making less than one in four, stop shooting from there. That could be is an it, last time I checked, isn't uh, Paul George on that roster? Um, Oklahoma was. City? Yeah. Then give he him is, the yeah. ball. Yeah. Let him be is. your three-point shooter. What is Russell Westbrook doing shooting from range when he's not making it from range? Yeah, I don't know. He'd be a hard player to play with on your team. I think even he though would he, be. You know, yeah. Even though he has a lot of assists, he'd still be a difficult player to play with. Even though he gives incredible effort. He's a max effort guy. But at crunch time, he doesn't share. And listen, when you're down to your last bowl of cereal, John, I want you to share. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Frosted Flakes, at the end of that uh, that box of flakes, Russell's not sharing. And you need a guy that's going to share. <laughs> yes. By the way, did you see uh, the other day Curry take a hardened step back and get called for a travel? Oh no, I did not. He did he did the patented Harden double step back three kind of thing where you take about seventeen steps and he, he got called for travel and he got really upset and put a one and a three next to his jersey, like, what if I was this guy? Would you be calling me a travel? Calling That's the funny. travel on me. It was really funny. All right. So we've got an Ian's pizza bet going tonight. Uh I don't want them, but I've got Houston to beat Milwaukee. It's our first twenty nineteen Head-to-head Ian's Pizza Bet. John Audius going to be 0-1. I want you to win tonight. I really want you to win tonight's bet. I love how you make these bets so you can just convince yourself that no matter what happens, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, this will be good. This will yeah, be exactly. good either way. So tomorrow, yeah. instead of me getting credit for winning a bet, you will be taking credit for winning either hey, way. Hey, the Bucks got to win. How great yeah. is that? Yeah, but Heller, you lost the Ian's Pizza, but yeah, I don't care about that. Hey, Houston won. Yeah, I told you that was going to happen. And I'm up on Ian's Pizza Bet.
We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Talk to you tomorrow after 2 on The Mike Heller Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 